If you worshiped with us last week in person or online, you may have remembered that I talked about a passage from uh, the mid-first century letter of St. Paul to the church that he founded in the Roman provincial city of Philippi, located in northeastern Greece, about 400 miles north of Athens, and in which he talked about following the example of Jesus and living a life of humility for the glory of God and for our service to this world. In today's passage, which comes from just a little bit later on in that very same letter. Some of the same themes are captured, but what we have this time is much more of a personal story, a heartfelt testimony that Paul gives of his own journey from a past uh, of which he was very proud initially and then very ashamed later on and onto the only kind of future that ever matters at the end of the day. And then what that could mean for the believers in the church at Philippi and what it can mean for followers of Jesus like you and me today as we journey from our own past into the present and onto the future. In Paul's case, as you heard, his past includes a very flattering spiritual pedigree on one hand and a very stunning confession about his life on the other hand. He starts out by saying uh, that he was circumcised on the eighth day, which is to say that he wasn't a convert to Judaism. He was actually born into the house of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, which would have been impressive, not only to Jewish Christians, but even to the Gentile Christians who were part of the Philippian church, because uh, Benjamin was the only child of Jacob to actually be born in the promised land. The tribe of Benjamin and its territory was the only one to include the holy city of Jerusalem. And it was the only one to produce Israel's first king, whose name was Saul, which coincidentally was Paul's name before his conversion. And so Paul was saying, you know, I was a pretty special guy, big man on campus. I was a Hebrew, born of Hebrews, the real deal, pure bread, a man's man. I was even a Pharisee, making me a part of the religious elite, a person to be admired, respected, and even feared. And then all of a sudden, Paul radically changes his tune, and he tells another part of his story. And it's a very unpleasant, painful, ugly part of the story where he confesses even to the Philippians that he was a one-time persecutor of Christians, which is to say that Paul went out rounding up Christians in places like Damascus and bringing them back to Jerusalem for arrest and trial and even execution. In fact, Paul was there for the execution of the first martyr that we read about in the book of Acts. And maybe that's why in his letter to the Philippians, in other parts of it that is, he warns them and encourages them to persevere even in the face of persecution that would surely come their way. And I think he probably knew what he was talking about given the fact that his letter to the Philippians was written while Paul was under house arrest in Rome for his own faith. And yet that was a very important thing to do. And it really matters because it's not a part of the story that Paul minimizes. He doesn't sweep it under the rug. He comes to terms with it, which is the spiritually healthy thing to do. And you know, in our country right now, we're struggling with doing much the same thing, with coming 
to terms with our story. And it's a hard thing because we, we really don't like talking about the fact that 18 of our presidents, including eight while in office, were the owners of slaves, including people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. We don't like telling that part of the story, but that's what the story is. And how are you ever gonna be healthy as a person, as a church, as a nation, if you don't come to terms with the past? which is exactly the first thing that St. Paul does and why this passage is still relevant and why it matters to you and me today. The second thing that he does is also hard for a lot of people to do, and that is he lets go of the past, or in his own language, he throws it away and even looks at it as, as rubbish or a trash, in, a, in effect saying to the Philippians that, you know, all those credentials and all those laws and all that anger and all that hatred were just nothing but garbage compared to the surpassing value of knowing Jesus as my Lord, who makes it possible to leave the past behind and to throw it away and make it possible for Paul to do the third thing that he mentions, and that is move on, go forward, to live a new life as a child and a servant of God. In his words, Paul says, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on for the goal of the upward call of the prize in Jesus Christ. And once again, the guy knows who he's writing to because the image there is that of an ancient Greek race where the winner and the completer of that race would receive a wreath of leaves and a monetary award in the form of gold or some other precious metal, except that in our case, our race is spiritual and the prize is glory. And this one has been won for us by Christ at his cross, who gives us the crown of life. Friends, this passage is about what it means to get unstuck and to go on by the grace and power of Jesus. In the summer of 2004, there was a long-distance runner by the name of Vanderlei de Lima from Brazil who ran in the marathon, which was the final event of the Summer Olympics held in Athens, Greece, about 400 miles south of Philippi. And he was 30 seconds ahead of everyone else who was running in that marathon with only four miles left to go when all of a sudden, a man jumped out of the crowd and attacked him and pushed him into the crowd on the opposite side of the course, stopping his forward progress. Instead of giving up, when security guards and others in the crowd released him from his attacker, Vanderlei de Lima got back on the course. And he started running again, even though he was already overtaken by two other runners who came in first and second to win the gold and the silver. Nevertheless, he finished the race and he got the bronze. Nevertheless, amazingly, Vanderlei de Lima describes that moment of entering the stadium and crossing the finish line. And he said incredibly, I was so filled with joy that I forgot what happened back on the road. 
As a result, Vanderlei de Lima received from the International Olympic Committee their highest honor for sportsmanship at the closing ceremonies that year, and he was the one to light the Olympic cauldron when his own country hosted the Summer Olympics in 2016. Or consider the story of Tom Terrence, who was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama, and by his own confession grew up to be a white supremacist, an anti-Semite, and a terrorist member of the Ku Klux Klan until finally he was wounded in an FBI shootout, put in prison, escaped from prison, recaptured, and spent eight years in the Mississippi State Penitentiary. While Tom Terrence was in solitary confinement, he was transformed by the gospel as he read the New Testament on his own and by himself. Jesus changed his life so that when he finally got out of prison, Tom Terrence went to college. Then he went to seminary. And then he became the campus pastor of George Mason University. And then he became a director of urban missions and a pastor at a church called Christ Our Shepherd, which is an interracial, interethnic ministry located, guess where? Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill, seven blocks behind the Capitol on North Carolina Avenue, until finally he retired not long ago as the president of the C.S. Lewis Institute. Tom Terrence published a book just last year called Consumed by Hate, Redeemed by Love, the story of how a violent Klansman became a champion for racial reconciliation. Friends, maybe there's a part of your past that has come to a close. Maybe there's a chapter in your past that needs to come to a close. How did that happen for Tom Terrence? Well, it happened because by the grace of God and in the tradition of St. Paul, the champion of the gospel, a rock star for the mission and the ministry of the early church. He didn't sweep his past under the rug. He didn't minimize his story. He came to terms with it. He didn't dwell on it or carry it around like a heavy load that stopped him in his tracks. He let it go and he threw it away because Jesus makes that possible. And like a runner who gets back on course after being attacked by the one who is out to stop all of us in our spiritual forward progress, he goes on to live a new life and fulfill a new purpose, which is to love the one who first loved us by loving our neighbors, no matter who they are. If there's a chapter in your past that needs to come to a close, you have an example to follow today. In the church's greatest and first missionary, a rock star for the gospel, and a couple of examples of others who are a little more recent in our history. And it may include taking a look at all of the things that have been slowing you down. It may include coming to terms with the fact that your identity, your value has been based on your credentials or your pedigree or your background or your accomplishments. Or maybe it was something that you did. Maybe you mistreated somebody. Maybe you lied. 
Maybe you cheated. Maybe you betrayed somebody. Or maybe there's just a lot of trash, you know, that's occupying way too much real estate in your head and your heart. And it just needs to be thrown away. And it includes letting all of that go. Because Jesus makes that possible. Or in the words of St. Paul, forgetting what lies behind. Not that you can really put it out of your literal physical memory, but because it's done with. And it's been settled at the cross. And then it culminates in going forward and moving ahead joyfully as a person who's been forgiven, who's been redeemed, and who is eternally loved by the God of this universe. And what St. Paul is trying to say to the Philippians, and what I want you to hear today, is that that's also possible for you and me when, like him, we experience the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as our Lord. Because if that kind of grace can transform a person who was a one-time terrorist and an enemy of the church, then I have absolutely no doubt that it can help you and me and the people of this world to let go and to go on and press forward day by day, one step at a time, out of the past and into the future until we cross the finish line in the glory of God and we receive that crown of eternal life by the one who makes it possible and won it for you and me, because in him, the best is yet to come. Because in the words of St. Paul to the church in the great city of Philippi, Jesus Christ has made us his own. And he is ready to write the next chapter in your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.